It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules. With clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value, Movement became the fastest-growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters. And now everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best-selling, innovatively made ceramic watches are on sale too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank. But looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the Movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site-wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two-year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. It's the bluest room in town. Yeah, they're actually funny. It is the Blue Room. It is the weekly show. Uh, what a football team. What a Bernardo's football team we are watching at the moment. Uh, don't know where to start with it. We'll get into the game a little bit later on. Everton 5, Tottenham Hotspur 4. The Blues into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Uh, the draw for that will be a little bit later. Uh, joining me to have a chat about all things Everton at the moment, uh, Paul McPartland, Alan Healy. And making his debut on the show today is Phil Hayward. I'm sure you've seen Phil all over Twitter over the last few last last few months, really, uh, Phil, thanks very much for coming on, mate. No, thank you very much for inviting me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And but before we get into to the game um, and, and what happened last night, we'll have a chat about the, the challenge you've been doing. And I thought I've been tracking it from from afar for a while. I thought it'd be a, a good time to get you on. Um, but effectively, for the people who, who don't know and haven't been following it, um, you've been doing ten kilometres a day. Is it as simple as that? 
Um, when, when I made the, the announcement I was going to do it, I thought one night, thinking about it, I thought, you know, that it rhymes 10k a day for a year. And then I thought, actually, I've got to do that now. So um, <laughs> at first, I thought, what have I done? But um, I'm, I feel be- I feel good, to be honest. It's not as bad as I thought it would be at the moment. Fingers crossed, I'm, I'm fine at the moment. Yeah, and you started it in September, is that right? Yeah, so it started September last year, and it'll go all the way to the 1st of September this year, yeah. God, it's, uh, it's, it doesn't really bear thinking about that. And, and you're not having any days off whatsoever, are you? Are you just giving pages says, you know, Christmas Day, you were out doing it. New Year's Day, you were out doing it. Yeah, well, it was funny because a, a, a lot of people were asking me, what are you going to do about, uh, you know, Christmas Day and, and New Year's Day and things? So on Christmas Eve, I went out about half past 10 at night and it took me about till about 20 past 11. Got a quick uh, ice bath and then I went out at one minute past 12 Christmas morning so I was done about 10 to 1 Christmas morning. So then it worked my favour because then I had all the Christmas morning, the Christmas day, Christmas night with family and things. So it was because it, it's allowed that, isn't it? Basically, one minute past 12 is the next day. So I just thought like that. That's funny way of doing it, to be fair. Mate. Yeah. Bloody hell. What was it like for all of that time on Christmas morning? Just been absolutely dead out. Do you know what? I'm, I'm terrified of foxes and where we live. There's golf course and things, and no other lad, they would just they just stand, stare you out, and you know, stand you off. And that was the, that was the scariest part of the whole thing so far. But but the, the, the pitch black was fine. Oh man, and what, what sort of routes you've been doing? I've seen you've done a few on, on the world, haven't you? Where have you been going? Yeah, so I'm based on the world, so um, because of the light and things, I've been doing um, from New Brighton to Seacombe or West Kerry Marina Lake or Trammy Rovers, uh, around where I live in Prenton and things. So I, I it can be quite tedious, the same routes, but I've been doing a few socially distanced runs with friends and, and football team guys and things. So that, that's getting me through, to be honest. Quality, mate. And you, you're raising money for, for a great cause as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's for Real Mind, obviously, uh, a PE teacher myself. So uh, knowing what it's like for children in this, these difficult times, as, as it does for everyone. Uh, we're seeing children go through through things and, and some children have seen their friends for a long time. Um, and, and doing things like this through P lessons, uh, you know, when I was little, we never had anything like this. And obviously we never had the pandemic. So I can imagine how tough it must be for children. Uh, but for mental health, I just think uh, they're the kind of future. Uh, when, when I'm 20, 30 years, when I'm a bit older, they're going to be the future, going to have the jobs there, etc. And I just think, I hope it doesn't damage them. And, and, and for people who are actually, even older people who can't get out, um, and I'm a grand, they can't get out. Um, and they find that really difficult at the moment. Uh, so when you're alone and when you're on your own and things, sometimes your own thoughts can be very dangerous. Um, it's overthinking. So I just thought, if you know, an hour's exercise a day, six miles. Um, if I can do it, we can all do it. And just trying to encourage people to do that. Um, have a great response from uh, parents, family, friends, uh, you guys, you know, uh, social media, it, uh, it's been brilliant, to be honest, but mainly for, for uh, mental health and for, um, you know, people who've lost people through suicide because of their own thoughts and stuff. Is, is that something that you find yourself, so I, know, I know from your profile, you know, you're an avid runner, you've done marathons and stuff before, but is that sort of hour to yourself every day to get outside and, and do exercise? Is that, would you say that's something that's helped with your own mental health? Well, to be honest, if, if I go back in 2020 at the start, I um, I was a big Evertonian like yourselves, and um, I've always wanted to to walk, run all 20 
Premier League grounds and go to the grounds and get a shirt and things or a badge. But obviously with my job, it's not feasible. And obviously in the six-week holidays, it would be mental to try and do it in that time. So I did it virtually. Um, so I, I weighed it out and it was 744 miles. Um, and then when I completed that last year, I sat down and I had itchy feet again. I just couldn't sit down. Um, the fact of silence um, and the fact of how well I did in the last challenge. I just wanted to try something something completely different, really. But I've never been one of those duvet people who sits in and watch films. I have to get out, do you know what I mean? That's just me. And I think because my job, PE teacher, and go in the match, I just have to get out all the time. I can't just sit still. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And we'll put the link, obviously, in the people watching on YouTube. It'll be in the description after the show. If you listen to the podcast, it'll be in the, the caption as well. But anyone who just wants to type it out themselves or find it themselves, where can they go to, to donate? Um, it's just given, so it's www.justgiven.com uh, forward slash Phil hyphen Haywood three. There we go. Go go and have a look at that. It's it's a great effort. I don't know about you, Alan and Paul, but I feel extremely lazy now. I've been listening to, to Phil at the start of the show. There. Yeah, I feel as I should be doing the standing up rather than sitting in the chair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the room while uh, I'm recording the show. Yeah, but uh, yeah, do go and check that out from Phil. Uh, do some fantastic work and, and, and donate to, to a great cause. Uh, yeah, it was speaking of laps in the living room, lad. I was doing that last lads last night, um, watching that game. I don't know about you guys. It was a uh, it was a match that was really unsettling, wasn't it at times? And I don't really know where, where to start with it. Um, I'll come to you first on it, Alan. Um, just just bananas, wasn't it? And I think I think sometimes as supporters we can go to that line about, you know, years gone by, everything don't win that game or under different managers we don't win that game. And I never really wanted to go there, but 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 that one last night did feel like the sort of match that Everton over the last 10, 15, 20 years attempt to be on the wrong side of. Yeah, well, especially coming so soon after the Newcastle game, where it was a kind of game where you know, we expected Everton to almost not win it, even though they should win it. Because it was a game that could have defined the season, you could say. And once that game ended like it did, I was personally pretty angry because I thought that, you know, that was going to be the way the things would go for the whole season, that every time an opportunity presents itself to kind of really push on and maybe make something of the season, we wouldn't do it. You know, we kind of fall short the final hurdle. And the way that game was kind of progressing on uh, last night, it felt like one of those games where they lose it 5-4 or they lose on penalties, but you'd say, oh, that was a valiant effort. But for them to win it in the way they did, given that it was such kind of a basketball match, was just unbelievable for me personally. Like, I didn't think they were going to win it at all. Like, I was kind of, while I was watching it, I kind of felt, I just felt fatalistic. Like, I felt that at some point, point you know the way things went we were going to lose the game but they won the game you know and I was thinking afterwards and actually made me realize the way Ancelotti has set the team up it's that it's not like say Man City or you know Liverpool are these modern teams who dominate games and who kind of impose their own style on games he's actually just a pure football man and he's taking individual football matches and winning them and because of that we're reactive to the other team and we play with the other teams as opposed to dominate the other team because we're not good enough to dominate the other team. But what Ancelotti is so good at is managing in-game changes and just adapting his players to different situations. I think we're getting better with that. I think last night was chief chief example of that happening in terms of us actually winning a football match, not imposing our philosophy on the team. 
but actually winning a football match pure and simple. And for that regard, I think it was pretty old school and I was delighted with it, of course, you know. Yeah, it's man management 101, wasn't it? In, in that sense, there's, there's so much good about it. Paul, Paul what, what, did, what did you make of it, mate? Did you have that similar fatalistic feeling that Alan mentioned there? Well, I think you know, if you've been an Evertonian, then you always have the fatalistic feeling. It's like an inherited quality. You never even get rid of it. And one of the things that reassured me last night, bizarrely, was that you know after Bernard got the fifth goal and then they flashed across the car and coolly blowing on his cup of soup or cup of coffee, not flustered in the least. And I'm there going, if the manager's thinking that at this stage, maybe I should relax a little bit more. Maybe he knows something that I, I, I haven't fully appreciated about this game. And that really reassured me. And I felt in the second period of extra time, we, we weren't particularly under any danger. So it, it, I think on the on the Ancelotti, we've now developed this um, very encouraging habit of seeing games out when we're ahead. Whereas, you know, under previous managers, that, that was never an, uh, a particular characteristic for Everson. And in some ways, I felt last night, like it, we'd almost come full circle from that FA Cup defeat at Liverpool last season, which I think was the low point of Ancelotti's time at Everson, to where we are now, which is the high point. And I think great though last night was, fabulous though it was in terms of giving the, the club a lift, in terms of you know, instilling self-belief into the club. I remember when we drew when we drew four weeks with Liverpool and we beat them in the second replay in 1991 and everyone was elated with that and then we lost the quarter-final away at West Ham. So the worst thing we can do now is to, you know, to lose the next round of the Cup after such a stunning performance. So brilliant victory, but it's you know, we've moved on from that now. I'm sure Ancelotti will keep the feet on the ground. But I think, like as Alan's mentioned there as well, you know, Ancelotti knows some house to manage games. He, he makes substitutions at the right time. He puts people in positions you don't think they're going to perform. And like playing Coleman almost as a midfielder last night actually worked tremendously well. So you, you just feel reassured with, with Ancelotti at the helm. And uh, I'm actually not bothered who we get next round. So I think whoever we guess, we're going to have to meet them at some stage anyway. So, you know, with, you know given the run of form we're in, I think for once, clubs will be trying to avoid us on the draw rather than vice versa. Yeah, I think just just on the, the manager feel sort of sticking with him and, and that moment. Obviously, it was hilarious where he did just sort of blow into his coffee while everyone was just losing the plot all around him. But it's, I think that's that's been really good for us, hasn't it, to have someone who is just that composed and that calm because we are quite prone to getting really high sometimes and then probably be higher than we should. And then when we lose games like the Newcastle game, we, we get a little bit too low. And, and Carlo's just really calm, really steady, and it feels like that's benefiting us. Yeah, hundred. I I said on my on my Twitter yesterday. I said I thought Man United might have been a little bit of a blip, um, as in like getting back into the game that late. But fair play to the players. Um, you know, never say die attitude. I think teams will actually fear playing us now. I think you know, um, because as as Paul was saying, different players are playing in different areas of the pitch. It's my management of the game has been fantastic. Don't be wrong. I think we can go there like the Newcastle game, um, in periods of the season, but. You know, I haven't seen this an Everton squad look so happy to be here, and they all look like they like each other. Um, and that hasn't been here for the last four, five, six years, maybe under David Moyes. So, hopefully, um, again, like Paul said, I don't mind who we get because you know, at this stage of the season now, they're all there for a reason. They're all good sides, so be interesting. Yeah, I think that that sort of summed up by that clip after the game that we all seen it. Of the core, right? lifting Bernard up, up in the air like he's on the trophy, isn't it? You know, if it's great getting those those sorts of insights. But just to, to talk about a, a few individuals who have thought were, were fantastic. I'll, I'll come back to you on, on this one, Phil, because even you, mate, with your 10Ks a day, 
must look at the night before and think he's making me look lazy this fella <laughs> or funny enough I messaged him just to see tagged him in think come and do one with me <laughs> when um, on Decore um, obviously not seeing too much of Alan uh, not much of the Italian league as much and and James Rodriguez not playing as much for Real Madrid. I was so excited to get the core. Obviously, seen him at Watford, and I've never, I haven't seen a player since maybe Kale late in the box. Um, but obviously, Kale wasn't as you know he, he wouldn't he wasn't as box to box as the core. I've never seen a player. I don't even think he's ever stood still. I think he just he just moves all the time. I just and he always tries to be positive as well. Maybe a forward pass, maybe a forward run, maybe that word brave. Sometimes you'll, you'll go into the box. I think he's got a great goal against Fulham. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't think he would get ahead of there. But I just his overall game, he's been outstanding since you know start of the season. He's been a great signing. Yeah, it's been magnificent since he You know, I think I think it's it's not just the running, it's the presence he brings, isn't it as well? And you know, like Phil said, always looking to be positive, always looking to drive us forward and. And when you're in games like that, where you are penned back a little bit at times, it's, it's so vital to have that outlet, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I think, like, off the pitch, Ancelotti is a great influence because he's so calm and composed, as you said. And I think on the pitch, Decore is that kind of influence because he's so industrious and he's so kind of relentless in the way he plays that it must inspire other players to do the same. Like, you know, for instance, give you Sigurdsson whose pressing has improved so much in the last few games. I think that he sees someone like Decore putting in that running and making those kind of moves and disrupting the opposition the way he does. And then he, in turn, kind of presses more heavily as well. You know, so it's like a knock-on effect. And also, it's been kind of, you know, almost compensating for, like, the likes of Hamez and his running and stuff. And also kind of freeing up Richardson and Calvert-Lewin to do more offensively because Decore is occupying so much space, you know. But just also on the Ancelotti point, I remember reading Carragher was talking about when he played... AC Milan in 2005 obviously that was the infamous game but I remember he said like before the game how afraid he was of the AC Milan players because they were so just calm and serene there was no shouting no kind of you know geeing themselves up they were just so confident in their ability that they were just ready to go and play and obviously it didn't work out well but that was an aberration as we all know but the point is that like Ancelotti has that gravitas where he can make players like Luca Dean you know James Richard and Calvert-Lewin, Tom Davies, kind of players who are kind of, you know, performing at, you could say, and make them do that because they're so chill to be playing for him, to be learning from him, you know? I think it's invaluable presence. So I think, like, the two of them are actually possibly the most important people in the club right now, even for all of Calvert-Lewin's goals. I think Decore's industry in the box and Ancelotti's kind of genius off the pitch. It's like the perfect blend of, like, steel and silk that have been the kind of hallmark of all everything teams since 1985, you know? So I think it's a great combination. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the, the lad in midfield who played next to the Corey, like Paul, uh, Tom Davis, uh, a lot of people saying that was his, his best game in Everton shirts, certainly his best game in, in Everton shirts since that, that breakthrough game against Manchester City. 
Yeah, well, I've always been a Tom Davis fan, and I think some of the criticism he's received from Everson fans over the years has been totally unfair. You know, he's a local lad, he loves the club. You can see his passion for the club last night all the way through the game, and he never stopped running for the whole 120 minutes last night. Even towards the end, he was, you know, he, he was moving box to box, he was breaking the tax down. His passing ability has really come on the last three or four games, I think, as well. He's seeing players in space, he's finding them, but... You, I think Decorey has also made him a better player because Decorey has been an example of what a midfielder should be like. So, and he's always making sure that that, that Davis isn't too exposed as well. So, uh, I mean, I was delighted with Tom Davis last night because, you know, for once I was checking the, the Everton Twitter stream and it was. I'd say 95% positive about Tom Davis, which is probably not being like that since the Man City game. And I always look, look at Tom, you know, Tom Davis and, and just hope he doesn't end up being like Ross Barkley and leaving the club when he's still got years ahead of him as well. But it was good last night that Panny Ross Barkley got in touch with Davis after the match and congratulated him on his performance as well. So it's good they still got that bond there as well. And I love the uh, at the end of my nice game on Saturday when... Uh, Davis after he'd been substituted came back on. I mean, you can see him hugging Calvert Lewin, you know, and you can see they've got, they've got a real friendship. For, I think as I've said on the show before, I think in Kuman's first season, one at the end of the game, I forgot who it was who we, who we beat, but uh, Tom Davis, John Joe Kenny, and Calvert Lewin came over to Gladys Street and we're all clapping the fans. And me and some of them go, This is the future. Everson, those three are the future. You know, for two of them, it's kind of worked out. For John Joe Kenny, it hasn't, but you, you looked at, at them at this half thing. You know, the club cannot let, let this in the head of us go to waste. But yeah, I've been delighted with Tom, Tom Davis, absolutely no question. Yeah, I've seen uh, Calvert Lewin's post on Instagram as well, saying midfield jam. <laughs> My best mate was like, oh, Don, my heart's melting. <laughs> uh, well, you had enough emotion for one night. You can't be doing that. <laughs> but, but Phil, you, you and Adam are long there, mate, about, about Paul and, and Tom Davis. And I think he's right, isn't he, in regards to, you know, for so long, you go on on Twitter after the game and it's Tom Davis's our future. Tom Davis is, is not good enough. And it's just it's just great that everyone seems to be behind this lad at the moment. And we should be, because like, like you said, he's, you know, he's a local lad. He's, he's a bit different. He's a bit quirky. And he's starting to show he's a good footballer, footballer as well. Do, do you know what, Martin? I'll hold my hands up. I'm, I've been one of those fans who not not criticising all the time. I just I just didn't know what he was. As in, like, was he a holding midfielder? Was he a creator? Was he a god? And I, I feel sorry for Tom Davis because of the managers we've had, you know, in short periods. And that's not his fault. And I think it halted his development. For example, there's games, like, they're all wearing blue, so I'll always back them. But there's games where I watch Davis sometimes and 20 minutes is gone. I think, oh, he's playing. Do you know what I mean? And I think since the Sheffield United game this year, when we won 1 0 away, since then, for me, I think he's been really mature. And his performances, he knows when to go. And, and, and like the guy said, I think the core he has is making him that you know, dragging him back in. Or I, I just feel he seems a bit more determined, Tom. You know, I personally um, can see him being here for a very long time. I just think he's, he's very grounded and you can tell he loves. There's a few clips on, on, on the stream um, yesterday where he was patting the badge a lot, he was tapping the sign when he was coming out the tunnel. And I'm not seeing that from Tom. Uh, the, Apart from the season, and I think Ancelotti again, like the guy said, Alan said, very calm, and he, and he's 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 coming out of his shell now, which is great. I think we all know Ancelotti's going to be here for this project, so he's he's now. I think he told Tom, you know, I think Alan Decoy there is signings, you know, and it was a toss up between Gomez and Davis, and I think Davis, you know, and Gomez, to be fair, the last couple of games they've come out of the shells and they're performing a lot better than what I thought Tom could. So I'm made up for him, to be fair, I really am. 
yeah, you, you can tell they're working under a high class coach, can't yeah. you? You know, not not you know in terms of the focus and the way in which they're, they're coming into the side. But yeah, I, I think sometimes David sort of because he's not really like you know this, this is probably me speaking, but certainly not like many people I know in my circles who will go to the match with or talk about Everton with. He sort of forgets sometimes that he is a big Evertonian, like yeah. like all of us, you know, and he's been at this football club almost his entire life, and he, he wants to do desperately well and. You're right when you see little things like him coming down the tunnel and you know touching his his badge on his shirt, touching the the Goodison Park sign. It, it does sort of just remind you. But I mean, there were so many other good performances last night. Um, I'll, I'll come to you on on Richarlison, Alan, because he, he's somebody that I think you've spoken about a lot on these shows and and how you know what he offers when he's at his best gives us a completely different dimension. And I went on Don went off after about fifty five minutes last night, and Harry Kane comes on in the space of thirty seconds. You're thinking. Oh, oh no, that could be a crucial point in the game. But um, Richardson had obviously already scored at that point, but um, really took the fight to Tottenham up front from, from that point on. And I think even in the games before this one against Leeds and United, there were some small signs of him getting back to his best. And, and last night, he was right on it again. Yeah, I think he was kind of, you know, at his, he was at his best, as you said. Like he was kind of a nightmare to play against, really kind of aggressive, kind of pressing on really hard. For the goal with his left foot, I thought it was just a brilliant goal. Like the way he took it, the way he hit it, it was just a really powerful goal from a powerful player. But I, I think Richardson, I think part of it is his ego is a bit dented, you know, because Cavaloon is getting all the praise. And that's actually a good thing because, like, I mean, these guys, especially the likes of Richardson and Cavaloon, are, you know, early 20s. They're forward players. They're highly touted. They're both internationals now. Richardson's so like he wants to be the man, like you know, like he, he hangs out with Neymar when he goes international duty, you know. So he has an ego for sure. Like he's he's a humble guy, but he's got an ego. So I think he wants to be the main man. He wants to be the star. And I think the likes of Hamas coming in, Cavaloon performing as he did, especially when the goals didn't come frequently as they did last season. So I, even though we're performing well, I think you can visibly see that he wants to be doing well as well. He wants to be contributing well to the team. So I think that the way he played last night when Cavaloon went off and when Kane came on, it was almost as if he was kind of saying, and also Hamas wasn't there. It was almost like he was saying, okay, I can be the man now. I can take control and I can show what I can still do. You know, I think he did that for sure. He just, it was just a typical Richardson performance, you know? And I suppose, Paul, as well, you know, we're sat here now, we're in the quarterfinals of the cup. We're three points off top four with two games in hand on the teams above us, which is exciting in itself. But Everton have got to that position without arguably the best player playing that well, you know, from the start of the season up to, up to here in Richarlison. And it just makes you excited, doesn't it, that if he can hit form now between now and the end of the season and, and chip in with, you know, 10 goals in the last 20 games of, of the campaign or whatever, that, that could really push this team onto something special, couldn't it? Yeah, I'd agree. I think, I mean, from my perspective, I thought last night was his best game of the season for Everson. And he, he thrived on the responsibility once DCL went off. He almost seemed to, to, be, to be demanding it. And I love the way that through the game, he was arguing with the referee, contesting every decision, drawing his attention to, to various little misdemeanors by Tom. And that's what you want the players to do. rather than just mildly accepting decisions. You want them to be having a word with the referee, putting a few doubts in his mind. So I, I was really pleased to see that as well. He also ran himself into the ground for 120 minutes. And uh, when in extra time, when Sigurdsson burst through and didn't put didn't play the pass through to Richardson, Richardson would you know, give him absolute looks to kill. That's what you want your strikers to be doing, you know, letting the midfielder Al's available, Al's the best man, play the ball to me. Undoubtedly, if he can start delivering goals 
to the same extent he's done for the last two seasons uh, that he did last season, then you know, uh, that, that's going to be a massive benefit for the club going forward in what's going to be a hugely congested fi- fixture that's coming up now. Um, I think, I know Alan mentioned he's got a bit of an ego, and I like that. I think the player should have a bit of an ego, and I think, you know, uh, I think these days maybe more than him, more than himself, and Neymar. It's more like the other way around these days because I think Neymar can learn an awful lot from Bucciardo. So how to conduct yourself as well, but um, but yeah, I, I mean he's only twenty three still. You know, yeah, and if he can maintain this level of performance that he showed last night for the rest of the season, that's only going to benefit the team. And I've no idea how long Diesel may or may not be out for, but. I think I have. I'm very, very sure that the you know, Richardson can can fill in that position and you know put more pressure on DCL as well. Which is, you need competition places all through the team. So I think that that, that really augurs quite well for Everson as well. And I think what we what I was most happy about last time was actually see Richardson smile. I think Captain smiled twice during the game, and then I think that's a season first as well. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was going to mix with. What I was going to say to you there, Phil. It's nice to see him have a, a smile on his face, and I suppose. You know, sometimes he can look moody on the pitch, can't he? But it feels as though he, he thrives off the crowd and thrives off, off other things when, he, when he's at his absolute best. So, just good to see a little bit of joy back in his game last night again. Yeah, I think if any player has missed the crowd, it's him. I think, you know, we all know by going the game and, and seeing how special he was last, especially last season. On that point, I, I, I really do think the best thing that could have happened to Richarlson was getting a second in the same game. You look at Calvert-Lewin, he scored two hat-tricks early on in the season and he hasn't looked back um, at the start of the season, the Carabao Cup and things. And I just think he played down the middle, I think it was last year, that his first year against Brighton, he scored two yeah. at home and he looked ruthless. He looked like, he looked like he, you know, because he just looks, he could score goals uh, from, from wide, but mainly down the middle. Um, I, I was lucky enough to get into the ballot against Chelsea um, and when Sigurdsson scored, we won 1-0. And I didn't really show it on the TV because I raced back to see if it would show it. And he went head to head with Sigurdsson. Um, he went, you know, he was pushing Alan around. He wanted two penalties. One, one got chalked off. It was uh, offside by Calvert Lewin. But he wanted both penalties. And I think he's dying to score goals. And I think out wide he gets a bit frustrated because we know he does get kicked. Don't get me wrong, he does go down a little bit easy. But I think. Exactly. Yeah, I think refs now look at him. It doesn't help when Carragher comes on, you know, all on Sky Sports and, and these refs all of a sudden just say get up and he is getting kicked and shoved around, but he doesn't help himself, I get that. But I, I honestly think what the boys are saying there, down that middle, I think he could be ruthless, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, going to be interesting to see him or, or Josh King get the, the other Sunday. If, up top, of course, if Dom's injured, looks like he'll probably miss out on that one anyway, but... I just probably go on to speak about that game in a bit more detail. It'll just be interesting to take a bit of stock. Like, like I said, Al, you know, we're into mid-February now, um, three points off fourth, cup quarterfinals. Um, it's, when you put it like that and you think about the, the wins we've had and the way we played and some of the individual performances, it's, um, it's, been, a, it's been quite a season, hasn't it, so far? And it's, it's great that we're looking at this team and looking at some of these players and saying that there's potential for it to get better, yeah? Yeah, I just think that, you know, under Ancelotti, we're making progress, you know, no matter what. Like, and I think that he'll leave the club in a better position than he found it. I think that, like, the kind of intangible stuff that he's giving us in terms of self, a kind of self-respect and kind of a bit of an ego, um, which isn't a bad thing. And just kind of an ambition to kind of, you know, kind of seize, like, the previous kind of conception we had of Everton 
for the modern day you know like like Kuhn said of course two weeks ago or so you know everything are kind of living in the past but like that's because nobody's been able to bring us the future yet you know so i think Ancelotti can do that i think coleman 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 can never do that in a million years but i think Ancelotti can do that genuinely i think the combination of the youth we have coming through some intelligent recruitment from Marcel Brands and some of the players that Ancelotti's bringing in by his uh, kind of the weight of his experience, the weight of his, the respect he carries in the game. I think he's changing the way everything are perceived, you know, and I think it's only a good thing. And I think it's going to be difficult. I don't know if we're going to get top four. I don't know if we're going to win the FA Cup, but I know that next season will be stronger than this season. I can say that with 100% certainty. Yeah. Well, you, you've been lucky enough, mate, to see some some great Emerson sides, uh, unlike, you know, Jose. I mean, do you, do you get a sense that something, I mean, because I remember, you know, speaking to people about the, the 84, 85 side, and listen, they're nowhere near that, yeah, and the, and the 95 team. I think when people reflect on those seasons, there's, there is a sense of, you know, momentum building, and you have these results where you sort of feel as though your name's on something or things are just going your way. I mean, are you getting a bit of a sense of that with this side? Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota, the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. With a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices, do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, CY 2000 through 2021 sales. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to compare any Everson side with the 84, 85 edition because that's the standard by, by which they're all judged. And uh, yeah, you, you, can, you, you can see certain similarities here. Uh, you know, 84, 85 side, you, know, you, you had Andy Gray, who actually terrorized, terrorized defences, you know, uh, and you can see Calvert-Lewin with his aerial threats has got some similarities there with Andy Gray. The midfield, 84, 85, was to me, was defined that side because with Peter Reid and Paul Bracewell in midfield, I spoke to Peter Reid at the meeting about this time last year and you say that him and Bracewell almost had a telepathic understanding that they just hit the ball knowing where the other player was without actually looking. And if you see some of the clips in that season, you can see some of the crossfield passes they play and they just pick each other out. So the engine room is sitting you know, in each 485. I can see elements of that now with what we've got at the moment, particularly when Alan comes back, the Corey Davies, they're all working really well. I think the one major difference is the goalkeeper. 84, 85, we had a world top class goalkeeper, Neville Southall. Neville Southall would win new games single handedly. I don't think we're quite at that stage yet. But I think um, if we go for another, I mean, it's, it's easy to say go for top class keeper because I'd struggle to name a top class keeper at the moment because every keeper in the Premier League is having you know, the, the various off days on a regular basis. So, whether it's a case of working more on training with Pickford and also, I'm not quite sure. But uh, the goalkeeper position still concerns me, it's still an area of weakness. And uh, but yeah, I mean, we're not at the standard of 84 85 yet, but but even that 84 and 85 side, I mean, 
you know, Kendall was on the verge of being sacked at one stage in, in October 83, and he brought Peter Reid back into the team. He brought Andy Gray in, and the season changed. And you can see here that some of the additions and slotches made to this side, it's all moving in the right direction. And, you know, you look at the recruitment, I don't think we bought a bad play this season, and it's not often you can say that about Everson. Go on, Al, do you want to make a point, mate? Hey, Paul, I should ask you, I should ask you, Paul, who would you pick in their prime? Kevin Sheedy or James Rodriguez? Well, <laughs> I, I think in their prime, I'd have to go for James Rodriguez. For, for <laughs> because mainly because he played in Europe, because Sheedy never had, apart from that cup in his cup season, he never had the chance to perform on the European stage. And I think, you know, if you play for Real Madrid, and I know you're, you're really familiar, familiar with that league, Alan, you know, and he, he played. You know, he was the star man for Colombia in the 2014 World Cup as well. So yeah, I mean, from an Evertonian perspective, you know, Sheedy was magnificent, you know, absolutely. And uh, you know that, that double free kick against Ipswich Town in, in the FA Cup in 84 85 lives on in the memory. Uh, but I mean, some some things Rodriguez can do with the ball. I, I, I mean, you, you've probably seen more of him than me. But his touch on the ball, his ability, his vision, his awareness, and and his ability to create. An opportunity when you can't see one, you know, anywhere on the pitch. It, I, I think it's what, what might just give him the edge. Yeah, might suggest a few people there as well. Apologies. <laughs> my, my, my dad is very upset right now back in Cork. I can tell you that he's, he's you know, like insulting his hero there now. Like, <laughs> if, uh, if I score oh. a free kick at the cop end in a couple of weeks and sticks the fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll probably be on a, on a level, but but, uh, but no, it's. Uh, I, I wasn't like. Not, no, this is the probably people going. Of course, we're nowhere near the 84, 85 side, but it just feels as though something something's building, and I think that's sort of where I, I come back to last night, Phil. Just to just to finish up on this game, it's you know for so long we've we've had things go our way, and you feel as though you know is this the, the turning of the tide? Are we finally within ourselves of the Everton that mentality and. It just feels as though while we haven't got rid of it yet, that this manager is starting to gradually get us out of that that mindset. Hundred percent, yeah. I, again, I saw a couple of tweets uh, this morning actually saying, um, you know, still on a high from last night. But what do you think the score prediction will be against Fulham? You just know in years gone by we've had such a high, and then against Newcastle, uh, kind of scenario. But again, I, I looked actually after the game and I thought, you know, Fulham. I, I, I'm glad we're playing a team like Fulham who have to come and win or have to come and get something. We'll open up, open the game up. You know, if it wasn't a Burnley or Newcastle. Um, and again, momentum's the key word you used, Matt, before. I think, you know, there's going to be a, a few few tired legs this morning, but likes of Gomez, Alan, I think he's back. Maybe Rodriguez might feature King. So there might be a bit of a, uh, you know, Colin might come in for uh, a freshman there. But, you know, the belief, I think, what a win can do I just wish I'll be talking about for years to come that game last night, and I just wish it was full, you know, because that's the only down on one side of it. God, yeah, imagine coming out the, the ground after that would have been would have been insane. It, 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 it just one of the things I've seen a few people in the comments there mentioning Seamus Coleman. Uh, it's just who it, it, it would have thought looking at the bench before the game that our bench would have had a bigger impact on the game than Tom. <laughs> absolutely bizarre, was it? But he, he was great, Seamus, when he came on, wasn't he? Al? He was brilliant. Like, I mean, I think he, he really wants to win a trophy at Everton. You know, I think he, he's his, like, it would be his dying wish to win a trophy at Everton as captain. I think he 100% deserves it, you know. I just think the way he came on, like, he's just such an endearing guy. Like, it's like, 
you know, he, he's like the only one of the players whose hair has like been grown out a bit during lockdown. Like the rest of them all have like fresh fades. And he actually has like a normal haircut, like, you know. And he just came on and he was like, I think he was like, you know, pushing Davison Sanchez and he was like pressing like a striker and he was just running the legs off himself. And then in the dressing room post game, he's writing a mix of all the celebrations and stuff. I just think that like, you know, he's, he's almost like an honorary scouser in many ways in the way he's kind of abused by some Everton fans because he's like, he's one of our own, you know? And I think that, like, for him to win a trophy, I think he'd forget all the, all the kind of maybe you know the low moments in his career at Everton, and he'd really just you know be satisfied to to leave and retire and leave his career at Goodison behind with a positive kind of mentality, you know. Yeah, he makes a great run on the left hand side for that fifth goal, doesn't he? He just finds himself on the left wing for some reason, making an overlapping run. But I oh, don't know, what a night at Goodison Park. Yeah, like Phil said, just a shame that none of us were there. Ed Paul. Yeah, just one thing. One more thing about Seamus. That adds to what Alan was saying as well. I mean, I think fans sometimes underestimate you know, how difficult it was for him to come back from that injury that that, that, that broken leg against Wales was. A Neil Taylor who tackled him, and you know, mentally and physically, because he was twenty eight when it happened. That that's a really tough injury to come back from. And he he loved his burst of speed last night. You know, and I'm sure Phil, you were watching, thinking, yeah, I I, I could put that into my ten k's here as well yeah. because because he, he left he left top top and couldn't cope with the burst of speed, and it, it gave. Such breathing space to the defence as well. He took the ball into the half, switched possession towards the Tottenham end. I, I, I thought, was, once again, it was, as, as Alan mentioned before, it was a brilliant substitution. And, you know, Seamus is Everton through and through, as Alan said. You know, how anyone can get on this back, I just don't know. Yeah, interesting question, actually. Who, who do you reckon of all, all the Everton squad on a 10k race? Well, who, who, do, you, who, do, who do you reckon would win? Oh. I see. Ben Godfrey probably. He's, his run against Leeds scared me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Who did you say, Al? I'd say, well, I don't know. I think Decore could be a good bit for a 10k, um, just given the stamina and stuff. I just wanted to say one more thing on Seamus as well is that I was actually at the game, the 2-2 against Spurs in 2009, I think it was. I think it was November 2009. And it was his first, like, I think it was his league debut because he started against Benfica in the Europa League and we lost like 5-1 or something but I remember he came on at half time I think it was in the right wing and he was just unbelievable he just tore uh, I think it was Benoit Suakato to just shreds in the left side so maybe just something about you know playing Spurs at Goodison under the lights that he likes you know <laughs> yeah I'm sure as he scored as well, as a winger as well yeah I'm sure he scored the winner against them didn't he a few yeah Game against Spurs, yeah, as well. Sorry, Phil, you're going to make a point there, mate. No, I was going to say what Alan said. Um, I remember Phil. Uh, we went to the Benfica game on the Thursday, and we went for a day, and it was um, it was Gosling, Coleman, Tony Hibbert, and Distance centre half. It was five nil. <laughs> that was terrible. And uh, he came on on the Sunday. Obviously, the Europa League, and Phil Neville was right back. And I remember it. And Phil Neville was, you know, like he used to do is barking and barking and barking, and and again Coleman up and down, up and down. I think the phone was the penalty that game. If I'm... Yeah, we got it back to 2 2, didn't we? And then he missed the last minute. Yeah. But that just reminded me turning back the clock there. How we... yeah. Maybe that could be the way forward for Coleman this season, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, impact sub. He would have thought. But uh, yeah, last five minutes, lads, let's have a quick chat about Fulham. Uh, Paul, like, like, you know, we've all sorts of intimated. It feels like the, there might be a few changes for this one. Obviously, no Hamez or Gomez in the squad uh, for the game on Wednesday against Spurs. Um, Feels like those two might come back in. Alan, obviously, looking like he might be fit as well. Josh King, so some good options to potentially come back in for this game. 
Yeah, I mean, it's seven o'clock on Sunday, isn't it? It's, it's a strange kickoff time again. This it's one, uh, kickoff time, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a good opportunity to uh, to rotate the squad as well. Uh, and I know the Colombian press have been very pleased with Ancelotti this week, saying he made the right decision in terms of resting Hammers because they feel he can't perform at his best when he's not 100% fit and they think Carlos learned the lessons from earlier on in the season and to be fair to the Colombian press they're still banging on about Virgil van Dijk and the damage he did to Hammers so it's, I think you know you never never get that in the British press so it's actually brilliant to keep reading over there because St. Virgil's a bit of a hate figure over there but yeah I mean I think just in terms of um, Sunday, Sunday's game I can see Josh King being involved at some stage and given our next two fixtures are Man City and Liverpool is that correct? I think that you know uh, I think we need to look at some squad rotation. I don't know the situation with Gomez is not whether he's going to be available for selection at the weekend. But on paper, as ever, this looks you know, a straightforward victory, given how we've been occasionally this season. I'm thinking back to Newcastle in particular. You know, uh, you just hope that we start we start on the front foot, we get the early goal, and then we can go on and impose ourselves on the game because it would just be a bit deflating not to continue after Wednesday's after last night's high. Yeah. Uh... I think it, I think Fulham are an interesting one because you look at it and go bottom three, cut well adrift. But every time I've seen them play this season, and I include the game against us in, in this when we went to Craven Cottage back in November, I've been really impressed with them. I feel like they've been really unlucky in a lot of games. I think it's the same, you know, Sheffield United even. I think there's actually no bad teams in the Premier League this season. I think everyone is tired because of the way the games are scheduled and stuff. So the quality on show isn't that high because of the sheer relentlessness of the games. But I think that every single team in the Premier League this season is a good team and they can beat anybody on the day. So Premier League, if you're percent pay. And I think that, you know, Fulham would have looked at that game last night and thought, okay, they pay 120 minutes. They have a small squad. They named only, I think it was five outfield substitutes, two goalkeepers, and they're missing two players on the bench. We can gun for these guys here and we can beat them. 100% catch them cold. So, and, and also the emotional drain. So I'd be very, very wary ahead of Sunday's game, to be honest. I think that if we go in underestimating them, we'll get hurt badly. Yeah. And, and finally, uh, I'll come to you first on this film and get, get the other lad's opinion. Uh, Jordan Pickford's fit. Who do you think gets the nodding goal? Um, I will go with Olsen. He deserves a chance. He made some good saves, didn't he? To look, look a little I, bit. I, 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 do you know? What? I like both of them. I, I think he's he's very attached to his line. Pickford likes to come to come out, but I, I like how he's a big presence as well. You know, um, I, I liked. I don't think he apart from the United game where he slipped. I, I like. I've liked him. I think he's been our best number two we've had in a long long time. Um, pushing obviously Jordan all the way, but I, I, I like. It's a flip of a coin for me. It doesn't really. I'm not that phased. I know that probably our weakest area at the moment. I know it sounds kind of that, but I think it, you know, the team look at that as a target. Like, for example, sorry, um, the game last night, I was more worried about their corners than anything. And I haven't been like that for a long, long time. So I'll just say also just to stick with the, t- you know, stick with it. Hmm. What about you, Paul? Yeah, I agree with everything that Phil said there. It's a really tough call between the two of them. They've both got good quality. They've also got mistakes in their game as well. I think, you know, given the fact that Olsen's been the keeper for the last two games, the back four's getting used to playing with Olsen. I don't see any huge benefit in obsessing that that, that, that sort of a partnership between the back four and Olsen at the moment. And, you know, he, 
he's only, in my eyes, he's only really made one mistake so far against Man United. So I, I don't see any reason to replace him with Pickford at this stage. Alan, do you agree, mate? Yeah, I think that, you know, I don't think Olsen is better than Pickford. I don't think Pickford is better than Olsen. I think, like, Olsen is a better shot stopper than Pickford, but Pickford is a better, you know, distributor, distributor than, uh, than Olsen, you know. So I think it's just depending on what qualities you want to kind of make the most of um, on the day. But I think for sake of continuity, I keep Olsen. I don't think he's done enough to lose his place just yet. I think he's been solid so far. So I'd start Olsen. Good stuff. Uh, lads, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for coming on uh, to Paul and to Alan. And Phil, of course, best of luck, mate, with your rest of your challenge. I'm sure we'll speak to you again before we uh, before you wrap up in September. Hopefully we've got a couple of pots by then. Never have won the FA Cup. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. And just a reminder, um, if you want to donate to Phil, uh, do click on the link. And the caption below, uh, do check out all the good stuff he's doing as well. And the Twitter handle is on Twitter uh, for, for this post, uh, for this show. And just a reminder as well, if you want to hear more from us, we're doing multiple shows every single weekday over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Um, there's so many games at the moment, so there is a ton on there. Uh, so do come and join us on Patreon if you want to hear a little bit more from us. But thanks very much to all the lads. That's been your weekly show. We'll be back again next week. See you later. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.